Hey, this is Bob Shortsleeves, and you're listening to The First Deal Show. Welcome to The First Deal Show with your host, Caroline with a K. On this show, we're talking about investors' first investment property. Join me for a trip down memory lane as we hear the good, bad, and ugly of that first deal. with another special guest, Bob Shortsleeves. I know that's what I said, Short Sleeves. That's his actual name, who is the founder and owner of Shortsleeves Real Estate, a wholesale company in the Southeast. He's a retired army soldier, thanks for your service, and someone who you might have seen on TV, and he's also a husband and father. So welcome, Bob. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, looking so forward to getting to know you through this journey and your real estate investment. Um, so as always, the 402 knows how everything works here. We always start off with the Kiss Me segment where you just tell us a little bit about yourself. And the first question, as always, is what was the first album that you purchased? Oh, yeah. So I saw this on, on the notes and uh, it started. It brought me back to my childhood. So it's kind of cool that you asked that because uh, it my first album that I ever owned, a, a CD, was 400 Degrees by Juvenile from back oh. in the day. <laughs> wow. And I think okay. I think I saved up a couple bucks and was able to buy a was it a walk a discman, right? I think oh. is that what they were called, yeah. right? And they came with yeah. like two CDs or something like that. But I remember like listening to 400 degrees juvenile when I was like 12. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's cool. What was your favorite song on the album? I, I don't even remember. I don't even remember. <laughs> Oh, awesome. That's great. I actually don't, I'd probably have to listen. Like I'm going to Google and YouTube it because <laughs> I really don't even remember what um, kind of music that is. Yeah. I, I mostly listen to like Christian music and country now. So yeah, different times. Oh, <laughs> gotcha. Um, so what would you say was the biggest challenge that held you back from investing in real estate? Uh, so for me, I, I think it was focus focus hmm. uh I, I i studied real estate for a little while i was listening to a bunch of podcasts um like probably two years before i really dove in and yeah. um i i had changed jobs and, and all that stuff in the army and and uh and i got addicted to jujitsu there for a while so uh but yeah w once i got got focused and realized it was really something i wanted to do i just pure obsession like and i have somewhat of a obsession obsessive personality as well like I, I dig in with a lot of stuff yeah so um but yeah once i got focused and got my first deal you know it, it's we've been cruising ever since oh wow that's great which all goes to show that when you know what you want it's like the world conspires to give you everything that you want so true what is something new that you learned or did during the pandemic that others might not know about you Oh yeah. So something I learned, right. And, and I, most people hear this stuff on podcasts and like from the gurus and all that other stuff, but, uh, I actually listened to them. So, you know, when, when everybody was scared and everybody was pulling back during the pandemic, yeah. I doubled down as far as marketing and, and being out there. I think during the pandemic, that's when we started, you know, some, 
some a little bit more expensive marketing strategies and 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 really focus on branding for our local market so yeah mm -hmm. whenever people are we're pulling back that's when we doubled down and uh it's helped out it's helped out is that when you guys shot the commercial yeah about that time yes oh wow yeah absolutely so 402 i mentioned that you might have seen bob on tv because he's actually shot a commercial and i guess that was part of his marketing strategy um related to his wholesaling business right yeah yeah we uh we're running ads right now uh, i was just just got done talking with my team looking at my key performance indicators as far as tv mm -hmm. goes uh yeah. we're actually negative roi right now but we got to let it run for you know at least six months and uh okay. and then reevaluate but uh it, it's helping with the brand that's for sure oh that's great yeah. so like people recognize the short sleeves yes yes yeah that's cool and what is your favorite quote um the uh, oh i got it over here so dan sullivan he just came out with a book uh, a little bit ago that impacted me a lot um uh the gap in the game right so I'll, I'll just read it off here the way to measure your progress is backward against where you started not against your ideal right so myself a lot of my friends probably you like entrepreneur types right We're, we constantly look up and out you, you know we want to go buy this 12 unit i'm about to buy this mobile home park uh you know i'm, I'm going to buy 100 single families this year we're constantly looking up and out and so whenever you're you're looking up and which is the gap from where you're at to your ideal if you're constantly in that mindset you it's really hard to be content and happy right so the 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 kind of simplify the book in, in, in this quote is whenever you, you find yourself in the, in the gap, think about it, recognize it and, and realize that you should probably be measuring yourself from where you were. If you're constantly taking steps, right. And you're, you have a like improvement mindset, like you can't fail with it. Like you're, you're making steps. Right. So I think back, like, you know, I grew up in a trailer park and, you know, was, was didn't have a bunch of money growing up and, and all that stuff so whenever i think about how i want a thousand units i'm like well hold on let's think about like where i came from i'm doing pretty good right now you know so uh yeah so that i, I think that it's super powerful to me uh it, it might affect people different ways but it's it's changed my whole mind i'm like happy content now that you know i, I practice that you know yeah and i think that's a great reminder for the 402 that like the fact that we're even in this position to be having this conversation and talking about our first investment property mm. is a privilege yeah. right that's not like a right that you're given it's just a demonstration of how over time like you said the focus of knowing what you want and then recognizing I do not want to live this same life that I had growing up, right? I want to change my trajectory and then taking those steps is led you to live the life that you have now. Mm. But then because we grew up without social media and now that it's part of our lives, it's like, oh, look what this one's doing. Look what that one's doing. And we forget yeah. like, wait a minute. Oh, hold on. Right. Like, where was I five years ago? Yes. And then that's when it's like, wow. Like from five years ago to now, look at who I've become and what I've done. Mm, so yes, thanks for that reminder. 
because it's important. I think we all kind of forget. Mm, absolutely. And so with all that being said, right, it's always a big mystery. I never introduce the guests and say where they're from. So where are you based out of, Bob? And mm. tell us where are you investing? I got to keep them listening, you know? All right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So where I'm from, uh, I, I grew up in Alabama in like a straight up mobile home park, you know, kind of thing. Joined the army. For where in Alabama? Mobile, Alabama. Oh, you know, Mobile is like pretty up and coming, right? It's like totally. I don't know if you've been back there. I, I have not been back in a long time, but I, I still talk to my friends that are down there. And uh, oh, wow. Yeah, they, they, they're telling me it's blowing. It's, it's different. So yeah. I keep thinking about how I want to start pushing some marketing down there because it's oh. blown up so much. But um, but yeah, from Mobile, Alabama, joined the army right out of high school, pretty much. Uh, I think I um, I think yeah, I hung drywall for like six months, and then had to decide like you know, do I want beer or bread? I wasn't making a bunch of money. I wasn't planning on going to college, so joined the army. Spent spent fifteen plus years in the army. Got out recently, um, and most of that time was spent here in Fayetteville, um, which is my current market. And uh, yeah, I retired out of Fort Bragg, um, which is, you know, the the largest military installation in the world. Learned a lot. And uh, yeah, I, I'm super bullish on, on Fayetteville. I love Fayetteville. The, this market is great. It's uh, it's more of a horizontal market, super stable. You know, 2008, barely a blip, uh, you know, and it, but it, it it's stable as far as cash flow. It doesn't get a lot of appreciation. Um, but I, I, I'm obsessed with Fayetteville, yeah. So you know the pockets of good and bad in Fayetteville because oh, from yeah. what I know as an outsider, there's always the stories of like, yes, there is the military, but it's not exactly the town you want to be hanging out with or at like 10 p.m. at night. Well, yeah, yeah, it depends on where you're at, right? There's Yeah. And, and what's funny is I, I tend to own in some of those neighborhoods – that cash flow oh, yeah. real hard, but I wouldn't let my wife go walk the property, you know, after dark or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you're the local expert. So now it's committed to memory now. Good. Um, so with all that being said, tell us, what was your first deal? What was your first investment property? Oh, so my, my first deal was actually the, the rice field in Indonesia. That's the first. No, it was not. Yeah, that's my first deal. Oh my God, maybe that's, <laughs> oh wow, this is great. This is so serendipitous. I'm so excited. Okay, so we're going to dig into this because you are an internet, not only are you an investor, you're an international investor. So lay it on us. No, it, it's not, it's not that crazy. But uh, yeah, my, uh, how, how did it work out? Uh, I, I think I was getting into education. I think I was listening to Bigger Pockets and Brandon Turner and all that. And um, they, they said, just pull the trigger just 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 buy something and i was like oh i guess i just gotta make the move right so like i i shouldn't have been buying rice fields in indonesia i didn't <laughs> my connection to indonesia the reason why it happened is because my wife is from a small little little city called bangiwangi indonesia is it little it's on the, the the most eastern portion of java right so uh so my wife was like, oh yeah, you know, my, my sister's buying rice fields and they're, you know, you get all this cool stuff. I was like, all right, bet. Let me uh, go ahead and cash out my my uh, my retirement accounts and 
and uh, and buy a dang rice field. I think yeah, I bought it for like uh for like eighteen thousand. It's more of a just like an appreciation play kind of thing. Um, but yeah, my my mother in law manages it, and uh, she has somebody that actually farms it, and and then they split the 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 profit from the harvest. And I I think they have like two or three harvests each year. Oh no, actually, it's not a rice field anymore. They converted it to a dragon fruit field. Now it's now I'm the owner of a dragon fruit field. Actually, yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. Do they ever send you dragon fruit from the field? No, 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 no. Oh. No, no, no. But uh, oh, and they they grow like in between like the dragon fruit trees. They got uh -huh. they got pepper that that grows like in between each dragon fruit tree. Oh. So so you got peppers in there. So yeah, I think on my social media, uh, you. If you look through the photos from back in the day, like you'll see me with like the farmer, like hanging out, like yo, it's my boy, and whatever, yeah, yeah. So I, I own a, a land in Indonesia. <laughs> that was my first deal, right? So that's just, the, but I mean, really, what it is, like the 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 lesson learned there is like, man, sometimes you just gotta pull the trigger, right? Like I, I, I just bought a, a warehouse. I don't know that much about commercial real estate, right? But and, it, yeah. and it's not the best deal in the world, but it's a solid little base hit. But the value is actually just taking the step. Just do it and and then, you know, fail, recover. And now you have all this knowledge. And, and yeah, I, I love the, I love owning a rice field. It's super cool. Right. I can have these conversations. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm just shocked that they haven't sent you any of the rice or some dragon fruit or maybe some peppers like that. That should be at a minimum. You know, like, <laughs> you, know you gotta try the stuff that we're making out here. It's like it's pretty good. No, like well, last time I was out there, yeah, we we were munching on some stuff, and then uh, we plan on going out there for like three months. Um, by the end of the year. So yeah, well, Oh, cool. I'm, I'm already texting with my Indonesian family. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to get into, I, I speak Indonesian too. So, so we're texting and I'm, uh, you know, I'm going to go and help and plow the fields and, you know, oh, that's awesome. yeah, I, I think, I think some people actually pay for those experiences, like rice patty, yes. traditional experience. And, and then you hang out with a local and, and you pay them to work on their farm kind of thing. So, yeah. So yeah, I'll get to do. Sounds that like that's your next business venture. Is how can we monetize this? Yeah. Oh, uh, that, dragon fruit farm. Yeah, maybe I'll get some Americans to come over and pay me to to harvest my grain or dragon fruit or whatever we got going. Yeah. yeah. I mean, seriously though, because I, as a, a tra like someone who likes to travel internationally. Like that would be a really cool experience, right? Like yeah. I remember seeing rice fields and the rice paddies. I'm like, wow, I wonder how they farm this or like what they do to actually take the rice and how it's made because mm -hmm. I have no idea. I get it in the bag. Yeah. I'm super oh yeah. So, and then you said you speak Indonesian. So you can write in Indonesian and speak in Indonesian? Sure, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I mean, the army sat me down for like six months and paid me to learn Indonesian. I, uh, oh. yeah, I was a truck driver in the army, 88 Mike for like 10 years and then decided to switch it up. And, um, and then I, I switched over to special operations. So I was a, a psychological operations soldier for like five years, I think. And, uh, okay. part of the training is they just sit you down for six months and teach you a language. And I got lucky that, you know, they, they taught me Indonesian 
because you know my wife is indonesian so i got married there and everything so i had a bunch of connections so they made the right choice yeah yeah that's awesome talk about using your job to like get you the things that you need oh yeah oh yeah we're, we're gonna be buying some uh some some villas in bali indonesia here soon so that's gonna happen no you're not it, 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 yeah probably in the next 12 months we'll buy something in oh you you have to keep me posted because i'm interested in bali like owning some land near those black sand beaches would be pretty cool yes yep yep so the the one thing about indonesia though is uh if you're a foreigner you can own mm -hmm. the structure but you can't own the land so but my wife is indonesian so we can make it happen we can actually own the land and the structure so what they do whenever foreigners come through or, or want to buy something they they basically they, i think they call it a le leasehold right so you you basically lease the property for like 20 years 30 years yeah okay yeah but we're gonna own ourselves yeah no bali's a great place and there's a lot of foreigners out there oh yeah yeah absolutely so then um okay so you've dabbled internationally and like what would you say uh was would be like one piece of advice right because it sounds like you did a lot of education and then you went ahead and just did it and so if you could go back in time like would there be anything that you change or some piece of advice that you could give yourself um knowing what you know now um yeah so i probably shouldn't have bought it right i probably should not have <laughs> like you know what i'm saying like looking back now with the experience yeah. that i have i probably should have done something different here in the u.s right okay yeah yeah, yeah. but um but i'm not mad at it but uh the 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 cool thing is that i did it right we have it yeah, i made the move and 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 gain some confidence through it or whatever and, and really all i did was just transfer money to my family over there and they did all the stuff right that's oh. that's basically what happened right but um what what would be a good thing a good learning lesson from that oh okay well here, here's what happened so i pulled a bunch of my money out of my retirement account and i misunderstood what a roth ira was and how how it all works right so I think it, what happened is, uh, so with a Roth IRA, you can pull out your contributions and have no penalties and you're fine, right? I pulled out like all of it and, and I got dinged hard. I got penalized. I got taxed super hard. And I think, I think I had like a $10,000, whatever I had to, had to pay with the, it, it might not have been that much. This was a while back, but yeah, I had to pay the IRS. They sent me letters and they're like, you're an idiot. Why'd you do this? <laughs> so that, that was the one mistake as well, too. So now I, I don't have retirement accounts anymore. Those are dumb. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. So then because you took out your contributions and um, the gains, what you can only yeah. take out, like, yeah, then they taxed you and penalized. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Got it. Okay. <laughs> So next time you wouldn't do that, maybe just ask your buddies, hey, you want to invest in a rice paddy? Right. Money? Yeah. Maybe I'll find some money somewhere else. Yes. That's a good right. point. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah, that's great. I think that's a solid piece of advice, you know, for the 402 and 
to remember to check and read the fine print people <laughs> of all of your bank accounts. Yes, yes. So um, with that being said, do you want to talk a little bit about the commercial property you just purchased? And maybe because that sounds like it's also a first that you've done or that you're moving into. Yeah, so uh, we we currently have 30 units and that's a mix of like single family duplexes. Uh, we got one triplex. Um, but uh, at, at some point I realized, you know, utilizing the bird strategy and buying these little houses and stuff, uh, you know, I was looking for more cash flow per purchase, right? So it's just kind of the progression. Everyone goes through it, I think, or a lot of people do anyway. But uh, I just realized that, you know, I, I want to, each deal that I want to buy now, like it needs to, it needs to cash flow a thousand bucks, right? So, so currently we're, we're only buying myself, like, you know, for, for my buy and hold business is uh, mobile home parks. Um, of course, apartments, right? Like everyone wants apartments, right? But um, yeah, I'm really focused on mobile home parks and warehouses. Anything that's like 4,000 to 10,000 square feet. Yeah. Um, actually, I just pushed out a bunch of marketing to all the warehouses in my market. So hopefully, oh, nice. hopefully that comes back. But uh, but yeah, some of the stuff I learned from that. All right, so it was a it was a pocket listing. One of my good buddies, Mike Glasby, with Five Pillars Real Estate or Realty. Um, they just really good friend of mine. And, uh, we, uh, yeah, we ended up closing on it. I, I think, uh, I paid about two fifty for it. Um, I just negotiated 250,000. Yeah. 250,000 cash. Yeah. I wasn't for how many square feet? Uh, that one, uh, it's like 2,600 square feet, but it's sitting on three acres. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And it's right across the street. Like it's a good location and all that. Um, but yeah, it's just a big warehouse. The current tenant, uh, we inherited a tenant, uh, and uh, they're they're running like an auto repair shop out of there. Um, okay. And we just and so the, the stuff I'm learning is like uh, there's negotiating in the lease as well, right? Like just like the real yeah. estate transaction is, uh, you know, you're negotiating with another business owner on what they're going to pay for rent, and you know, is it going to be a triple net lease and all this other stuff. But uh, but yeah, we just agreed to to terms on the lease, so they'll they'll be paying like three thousand dollars a month with uh, twelve uh, twelve hundred dollar a year increases for three years. So we'll, we'll lock them in for three years. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah, it's going to cash flow real hard. I bought it cash, so I'll just cash flow that that three k and you know live our life. <laughs> So then, so they, and they take care of all of the repairs ah, and any maintenance, right? Yeah. That's well, yeah. So the, the, and this was part of the negotiation, right? I came in, I was like, Hey, you guys got to be responsible for all maintenance. Right. So there was some back and forth and all that. And then they were like, well, I'll tell you what, let's do it like this. It, and uh, so they presented this and I, I thought it was fair. So the only thing that I'm responsible for is, is the HVAC. If, Basically, uh, so if uh, if a, a HVAC guy comes out and invoices them anything from zero to two thousand dollars, that's their responsibility, right? Okay. But for anything that's above two thousand, we split the difference, right? So, so uh, if 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 the invoice is three thousand, the tenant has to pay twenty five hundred, and I pay five hundred. Oh, got it. Does that make sense? This is a little. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, so that, that's all I'm responsible for. Everything's on them. 
it's all fenced in. They're responsible for all that stuff. So, yeah, I'm not even going to get a property manager. It's a single tenant. So I'm just going to, you know, put them on automatic ACH transfer or whatever and collect checks each month, you know. So are you planning to use the three acres to build something else? Um, to have other... No, no. So they're, they're running like a, a, a few things out of it. So they're doing like the, the auto repair shop out of there. Then they also do vehicle storage. So it, it's all fenced in. It has security and all that stuff. So uh, yeah, they, 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 they basically fill up that three acres with r oh, wow. down vehicles and storage and all that stuff. So the one of the other reasons why I like the deal, because it's directly across the street from a Goodyear plant. And it's right next door to a new develop a new uh, storage facility development, and it's like you can throw a rock and hit uh, the new uh, interstate that's running through there, that real close by. So it's it's a great location. I love it. The I, I guess the the one thing that uh, I'm not happy about right now is so we got a phase one inspection on that, uh, mm -hmm. an environmental inspection. And, and basically I can't get a loan on the property until the tenant fixes like some oil leaks and stuff like that. So I got to oh. go in there and tell the tenants like, Hey, clean this place up. And then I got to get another inspection and then, uh, then I'll be able to put a loan on it. But I was actually even thinking about just owner financing it to him yeah. and just, you know, have no responsibility, no liability and just own the note. So there's a couple of different ways we can go about it. Yeah, that's awesome. Are they interested in actually buying the property? Yeah, they are. They, they brought it up. Oh, yeah. So that'd be kind of nice. cool. But then I don't have like, if if I do a cash out refi on it, then uh, I, my lender was telling me we'd be able to pull out like 170k. So I, I would like to have that money so I can go buy a mobile home park or something else with it. But sometimes cash flow this is how I like to, to, and this is how I built my portfolio basically is yeah. it, with all my single family, my, my, uh, some of my multifamily as well is I'll, uh, I won't burn it. I won't put a loan on it right away. I'll let it cash flow for like three months, six months, sometimes a year and just cash flow real hard. Let the property actually, uh, build up the reserves. Right. So I don't have to come out of pocket and just let I think I heard that. I, I think it was David Green was talking about it on Bigger Pockets. I was like, that's so smart. Let the property pay for the reserves and then put a loan on it once you've got some reserves built up. So that, that's kind of like my strategy. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for that piece of advice. That's the first time. I think that's what I did by accident. Yeah. Um, but it is a it works because then you have some cash reserves and you're not stressed out about if something breaks or if there's an issue. Yeah. Yep. Um, great. So I think you gave the 402 a lot of really good, useful advice. You told them about your own personal portfolio building strategy. We talked about your internationally owned rice paddy field, and then we got into some commercial real estate. This is a a uh, well-rounded episode. So tell us what would be the best way for the 402 to get in touch with you if they want to learn more about you and connect and just talk to Bob Short Sleeves. Sure. Yeah. Um, so uh, if anybody wants to buy real estate in one of the best buy and hold markets, it's a great burr market. Um, you can get on our cash buyer list. Just go to oh yeah, Short Sleeves 
Oh yeah, they can't see. There's no video. <laughs> but yeah, just go to shortsleevesrealestate.com and uh, yeah, submit your information. You can get put on our buyer list, and and we we push out like at least you know like three to five deals a week. It seems like. So uh, okay. yeah, we're rocking and rolling a bunch of wholesale deals, uh, you know, off market um, kind of stuff. And then um, as far as uh, I'm not very active on the social, you, you can find me on Facebook, Bob Sleeves on Facebook. Everyone in real estate just calls me Sleeves. Um, and uh, yeah, if you guys want to call me, 910-584-6954. That's my personal cell. Let's talk shop. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Bob, for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. 402. Did you learn something or take away a golden nugget? Then I'd love it if you would share this episode with a friend. And I'd really also like to talk to you about real estate on Instagram or LinkedIn. So follow me at First Deal Show. If you know someone that has an amazing first deal story, or you just want to give us the dirt on your first deal, shoot me an email at firstdealshow at gmail.com and let's get you on the show. 402, thank you so much for listening. I love all of you and I will see you next Friday.